Dave, what's up? How you doing? What's up? Doing great. Congratulations. You got a beautiful baby girl. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uncle John, Uncle Jonathan, whatever you want to uh, tell her my name is. We'll Uncle John, I can't, can't wait for her to meet Uncle John. Up. He'll slap any little boys if he needs to, all right? Nice. So let her know that when she can comprehend. She already, she already knows. All right, fair enough. To all of our listeners, uh, welcome to the 11th episode of our Big Time Closer podcast. This is Jonathan Miller, as you know. I'm here today with my partner, Big Dave Martirosian. <laughs> big Dave. When, when did I become Big Dave? I feel like you've always begun. You're not even fat. That's funny. Dave, what are we talking about today? All right. So what we're going to talk about is... Oh, Dave, I'm sorry. Um, just let everyone know, uh, not just podcasts, but uh, blogs, courses, everything like that. Sure. So we, we actually are going to revamp a lot of what we do. We're going to revamp a lot of what we are doing right now as far as uh, courses. Um, but in the meantime, you can check it out and buy them. And it's going to be great and helpful. And if you do buy any course right now, uh, as we update them, you're going to get lifetime free updates forever. Lifetime. Um, so check out bigtimecloser.com. Check out bigtimecloser.com. It's right on the top, or you could go on learn.bigtimecloser.com. And uh, if you have any questions, our emails are there. Personally, you could get in touch with any of us, or we even have a phone number, but uh, call that anytime you want to. So anyways, let's just get right into this. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, alcohol and drug use in, in the sales industry. And it's really a prevalent thing. I don't even think it's like a secret thing. I think uh, most people know that it's common. It happens, right? Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a pandemic epidemic all in one. It's every demic possible. It's crazy. So when I first started, when you first hired me 15 years ago, whatever whenever it was, that that out that floor, that trading floor was a bunch. It, it was filled with adrenaline, constant adrenaline. You would have thought everyone was on drugs. Um, in my mind, no one was on drugs. This is just high energy, um, mind blowing. I'm going to do yeah. anything. That's what I thought too. That's what I feel. thought too, that no one was on drugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, how the hell do these guys maintain all of this energy throughout the day? What, what the hell and are they professionalism. doing? Professionalism and that professionalism yeah, at the same time. Listen, some of it was was like real, not yeah, absolutely. It is, what it is. Some of it was real, but a lot of it wasn't. And uh, no question, you say a lot of it wasn't. You think a lot of it wasn't, or a lot was real and a lot wasn't real. I mean, I know, like, I'm not going to name any names, but I know a lot of people. Uh, shit, I'm including me. Mm -hmm. Like I drank a lot over the past 10 years. So when you're like, when you're someone that is drinking in, in sales or doing drugs, I never did any drugs or anything like that or, or pills or whatever, you know, all the other guys that do it, you, you kind of have like a, a sixth sense for it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, and plus you end up hanging out with them. So there, there were a lot of guys that, you know, they did it to, to party after work, but a lot of them did it at work too to maintain that, you know, sort of 
everyone did it for the same reason to maintain that that energy and excitement throughout the day to try and close more deals and and just be just be a, a beast on the phone. Mm-hmm. So when when I first started, that firm was so clean and pristine, right on the outside, face value, everything was so clean to the point of how you dressed. Everyone looked like they were in a GQ magazine. Everyone had on shades in the office for some reason. All the assistants were beautiful. The the there were marble floors everywhere, you know, flat screens everywhere, bathroom attendants. The thing with my point is everything was so clean face value that I thought that's how things are in. There's no such thing as drinking. There's no such thing as drugs. We are professionals. And that's how I thought it was until one day. Um you and your brother, you and your brother bought the entire um, all of us trainees at the time, our sales reps, the whole team, you guys took us out. We had a bunch of drinks. We came back to the office and we pitched. And I'm like, holy shit, Jonathan, you are amazing. You are amazing at pitching. You are amazing at sales. I'm bolder than I thought. And it was, it opened up doors of, okay, this is how I can break my shyness and this and that. Um, and you start to see results and then why not do it again and again? Yeah. So that's kind of uh, the spiral that I went through and a lot of other people go through. How'd you start? Up. When was your first drink? Yo, Dave. All right. So real quick, you mentioned before in one of our other podcasts, um, you had an alcohol problem, right? Yeah. How did that start? Did that start in, um, in, in the business? Obviously it, did, it wasn't yeah, before. It did. When I was, uh, uh, probably 19. What made, what made you say, all right, let me just, I saw everyone else doing it around me. Like at the office, at the office. Okay. I saw people going out to lunch, going to like this, going to the strip club and, uh, or lunch, going to right? the bar or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. during lunchtime, even the, the owners would go out, come back to uh, two and a half hours later, drunk as hell. And I, the first, the, the reason that I did it in the beginning was cause I just wanted to fit in. I thought everyone else is doing it. I'm like 19 year old kid. Yeah, you're young. Right? I want to be like all the other cool guys that are doing it. And so I didn't even like it in the beginning. It was fucking terrible. I thought it was it tasted like shit. That's how you started smoking cigarettes. I remember you told me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peer pressure. I mean, you were 19, but go ahead. So you're working with grown men. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's what I did. And then. And I didn't like it. It wasn't good, but I just I kept doing it because everyone else was doing it. So I'm like, all right. It, it has to be like that. This is you're supposed to do this, so I'm gonna keep doing was it. it. Out in the open, people were drinking. It openly. was, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, or yeah, I mean, you weren't supposed to have it, but no one really. There was no like rules being enforced. Right, right. People just did whatever they wanted to do, and as long as you were making money and producing, no one really cared. And as long as you didn't get violent or crazy, and even then, that was still kind of acceptable. Yeah, because yeah. it brought energy to the office. But um. Yeah, so after that, I eventually got, got used to the taste or used to the effects. I don't know which one I got used to first. I Actually, I don't think I ever got used to the taste. I think it always tasted like shit. Um, but like you said, after you get used to it, you, you start noticing those effects that are like, it makes you more sociable. So if you're in sales and if you're shy or, or quiet or whatever, and you want to just be out there. That's like, 
one of the quickest shortcuts to to uh, success in your because head, right. You you were extremely introverted. Was this your escape? Uh, pr- probably. The reality is, you know, looking back at it, and I just want to make this really clear since I'm talking about it. I got got over my shyness or whatever that I had really quickly. It took a couple of months. Okay. This you is before liquor was involved. Yeah, before drinking. And so while I was, when I started working, I, I got over my shyness relatively quickly, three, four months, because I was forced into uncomfortable situations. And back then, I didn't know about alcohol or drugs or anything like that. So okay. I just ha- I had no choice. So I, I just figured it out and I just did it. And now, I mean, and, and then, you know, afterwards, uh, I started kind of, you know, I, I basically ended up re- relying on alcohol. I got to a point mm-hmm. and it was just that I, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, but essentially the way that I was when I started after getting over my, my confidence and or my shyness rather, and I, I became confident and I wasn't scared to go out there and do sales and be crazy. I felt like drinking alcohol was just a shortcut to get rid of any sort of uncomfortableness. Is that a word? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Without having to go through, basically it was a short, it was a way to, to not have to put in the work. So most people, the way that they are, right. And the way that most people operate, they have emotions and they have feelings about certain things. Mm-hmm. Like someone might be nervous to get on a phone call and that's completely normal. Everyone has it, no matter who you are or where you are in life. And so I think I drank to just avoid that, that part completely. Yeah. That normal human, you know, emotion and just get right into trying to make sales. Yeah. Yeah. And so moral of the story is when you're taking these sorts of shortcuts, it never leads to anything good. And we can get into it. Like what happened to me, uh, afterwards, but, Essentially, it was a it was a shortcut. Yeah, they're shortcuts. When um, it was a shortcut that led to nothing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everyone wants to hear the second part, but um, when when I would drink at the office, firstly, I would never get drunk in work, right? If anything, I would have a drink or two. You were always good. When we were working early in the business, I never knew you had an alcohol problem. You would come back from lunch extra aggressive. You'd come back yelling but with energy. You weren't mean, but you were just extra aggressive to the point where in my young in my with my young experience, I couldn't identify that uh this motherfucker's coming back drunk. <laughs> you know? It was just all right, here we go. This is I wasn't even excited with that part of Dave. That part of Dave, I felt like I felt like I lost sales with that part of Dave when you would help me with certain things. But I mean, I could be wrong. That also made me tougher as well. So I can't say it was all negative. There were a lot of, a lot of positives. You would come back extra drunk, not knowing, not, not smelling like alcohol, not slurring. But just yeah, no, I, f- I figured out really great ways to hide it after doing it for so long. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it, a lot of things like you would tell me to tell clients or prospects are things that I wouldn't normally say, but there were things that were necessary to say. And I wouldn't have said them on my own, right? And when you were sober, you wouldn't really, I can't say that. There's a lot of different angles. There's a lot of different angles, but um, your aggression did help me. And I also felt like 
we lost a few sales because of it. But then, then again, you'll always lose a free a few sales, even if you're perfect. So I can't even say that. So it's hard to it's hard to diagnose. Yeah, um, you know the thing is right this like. Happened thing is this like when i was like i said when i was young i had i was fearless uh when i first started after i got over like my shyness and all that i became completely fearless because of what we were doing um but then the alcohol brought that fear back and the only way to get get rid of it was to drink again so that part of me was always just like inside and natural you know what i mean yeah, I get it. So, I get it. And I think I, I can speak for everyone that is using drugs or, or drinking. They probably know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't really bring anything new out of you. Maybe sometimes it does, but it just, it's what was already like there that you would have been like that. Um, yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. Sometimes you do go a little too far, obviously. Of course. But you go far sober sometimes. Yeah. When anytime I would have a drink, it would really just to just to open me up a bit. And I wouldn't do it often, but the times I did, it was just like, all right, let me just open myself up. And once I'm open, I'm good. I'm rolling. Everything's coming quick. Well, you think everything's coming quick. Um, And then what would transition is when I would drink and work, it would just to ignite myself. And once I'm ignited, as a few days go on, and I'm actually in the zone of working, there will be no more drinking. It would be only smoothies, a shit ton of water, and just hardcore focus. So yeah, for me, that, I, I couldn't do that. I can't do that at all. Tell like me, what if, do you mean? If I have a drink to kind of start my ignition. Oh yeah, yeah, right. But it's but, like I constantly need to refuel. But, all but the time. and, and that was, to, and that was your addiction. Make, that was yeah, your battle. I, like for me, I need to make pit stops. Other people, I know, yeah, you said that and I've seen other people do that. But for me, I need to keep making pit stops to like uh, to, to refuel at the gas station yeah. uh, every every couple of uh, two, three hours. Right. And the only way that I, I get back to normal is by taking a very, very long break. Uh, then I finally, my brain starts to think a little bit normal. But even then, I feel like to be You had no honest, off switch. You had no off switch. Yeah, I had no off switch. Once it's on, it's just on forever <laughs> until I either remember. I get arrested. And then even, even then, the, the, the switch is still on. It just takes a while to remember that it's still on. Uh, and then I get arrested again. But uh, I, re- I remember when we haven't seen each other in a long time. We spoke a lot, but we just didn't see each other. And then I finally saw you once. And I'm like, holy shit, who is this? Angel, you know, you, you had a halo over your head. You were in AA. You were fresh. You were clear. You were just like a perfect, you were a perfect person. <laughs> that was, uh, that was crazy. You lost so much weight. I'm like, he could be a GQ model. Nice. One thing, one thing I never, one thing I never cared to do was smoke weed and, and work because I feel like weed would just make me dumber. Weed to me is more of a relaxing thing at home by myself. Yeah, I don't know how, like, I'm not against whatever, do whatever you want. But like, there were so many people that I knew that used to smoke weed while they work. Like they had to start smoking at seven o'clock in the morning. Right, right. Like, what the, how do you operate? Especially in our, like in a high energy sales field. Right, right, right. How do you do that? I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't even work. I'll tell you one thing. So I tried smoking once, right? Well, I tried a few times. I can count on my fingers how many times I tried at work. And this is the zone it put me in, Dave. 
if only if I was saying things that if, if, for example, if it was a script, let's say if I memorized a script or whatever, if it was something I memorized, I felt flawless. My tonality would go up and down and my empathy would be there. And I felt so in tune and engaged with whatever client or prospect I was talking to. That's what the weed made me feel like. But once, once I had to leave my script and questions were being asked where I had to, you know, be smart, intellectual, you right? were lost. normal. Yeah, it was like, shit. All right. It actually oh, is, is a good point. point. That actually is a really good point about preparation because that's another thing that I, you know, when you're not prepared, you're not going to feel confident mm-hmm. to get on a call mm-hmm. and alcohol gives you that fake confidence and you'll just say, fuck it and get on the call anyways. If it's like a really important deal yeah, yeah, that you're yeah, trying yeah. to close mm-hmm. and um, you're still not going to be prepared. No. Even after getting on that call, even after you get that false confidence injected into you, right? You'll make confidence. the call, but you're not going to be prepared for it. So you're going to sound like a false, fucking idiot. False confidence. That's that's big. Yeah, you're it's right. going to make you false sound confidence. like a jackass, and you're going to do. Right, you're right. going to end up doing a lot worse. A confident um, idiot. Yeah, basically. What's um? What's that pill that people take to focus? Uh, what's that pill from Limitless? What is it called? NZ, NZT. NZT. Uh, that's, it's not Xanax. What is it? Xanax. Uh, uh, no, no, Adderall, Adderall, Adderall. Adderall. Everyone, every single person, when I first came into the industry, who I walked into the industry with as rookies, everyone would take Adderall. I, I never took it. I never, I never felt like I had to take it. And I never wanted to depend on something so scary. I didn't know what that was, right? But everyone would take it and really zone the fuck in. And they would not break their zone. I would yeah. try to tell myself, all right, Jonathan, this is who you're competing with. You better, you better fucking focus as well. You have no drugs. You better focus. That was, that was just how I try to combat it. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, I know guys that did a lot of that too. And it was spread around like it was fucking like Sour Patch Kids or something. Or Tic Tacs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I never got into, I've actually never tried, tried it. And I don't Yo, plan on doing it. David, scary. I ran into a friend a few years ago um, and he I ended up seeing his father like a few days afterwards. This is a, a guy I grew up with, like one of my good friends growing up and I haven't spoken with him in years. And I ran into him in the street and he was paranoid. He thought people were following us. I just met him. I just saw him for the first time in like maybe two years. He was like, yo, uh, Jonathan, they're following us. I'm like, who's following us? He thought I was talking crap behind his back while we were speaking to each other. Anyway, point is, Adderall, his dad said, Adderall really messed his mind up. Like the paranoia that comes to it, it was scary, man. That's crazy. That's insane. What else? What else (sighs) have you overtaken and worked? Excuse me. What's that? Hold on. So you so you said this is interesting. I mean, I've seen it, but you've been in the business a bit longer than me. Um, going to a strip club at lunchtime was normal. Having cocaine, drinking, coming right back and getting back to work and working and actually for the, working for the like, industry that that we were that I was in. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it was normal for like other sales jobs, but yeah. maybe I mean, you. Yeah, it was a, it was a Wall Street environment. Yeah, k- kind but, of. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Long Island, Wall Street. It's a little different. Well, when you worked in, when you worked on Wall Street, actually. Oh yeah, even then, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it's interesting. One thing I always say. So, what were you saying? What were you saying? You were going to say something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amon is just going everywhere right now. Like, like I'm on drugs. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, how is that going out with with a bunch of the guys from the office? Never did. Okay. Okay. I never did. I I may, well, maybe like once or twice, but I never got into it. It wasn't until once or five times. (laughs) Well, when I first started, I never did. I, I got into it afterwards and even then it was really more of a like a solo thing than going out with all these guys because what i realized was i wanted to be like really productive at work yeah and so i did it because i thought it was like a performance enhancing drug Mm -hmm. and i didn't care for like the partying aspect of it or going out and having a good time I thought it was something that was like a shortcut to close more deals and make more money and be more successful. And so for me, I just did it like more on my own time and then worked, but I never really got into the whole aspect of, and I did, like I said, occasionally, but I just never really cared for it. It just wasn't Mm -hmm. interesting to me. I didn't care about going out. I just wanted to make more money and close more deals and be like, just be the best. And I thought mm-hmm. this was like, like, like that NZT drug or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah NZT is amazing. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm an idiot looking back at it now, but so that's what I was trying said, to do. You said something that made me think of this. I forgot what you said, but it made me think of steroids. In football, going straight to Wall Street and working, when I put on my suit, I see other guys and their traps are coming out their jackets. I'm like, what the hell? I work out. Why are my traps not coming out my jacket? Um, I mean, the only way I could justify it is at the time, their suits were custom, mine weren't, right? But um, steroids was huge. What, on Wall Street? Or football? Football. No, Wall Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bigger than, yeah, honestly, that was probably even bigger than any other drug. I I still don't understand why and how. Can you break that down for me? I've never taken steroids. (laughs) I don't think I ever will, but... uh, what I think from my little understanding and like, I, uh, t- like I'm, I'm probably completely off base, but I think the aggression that you get mm-hmm. is why brokers do it. Oh, why, why? Yeah. Brokers or any other Whatever. salesperson in that sort of like high aggressive aggression sort of sales mm-hmm. does. That's yeah, yeah. what I yeah, think. It, it, they I get, want to I get, they look good too, but uh, I think because it like it, it affects your your hormones and you do get more aggressive, like mm-hmm. you know, roid rage. It's true. It's true. Yep, yep. I think that's why a lot of them just ended up doing it. Yeah, I was shocked when I found out that people were taking steroids. I'm like, what the hell? You're not even playing. You're not even hitting anybody. What um have you have you ever taken anything else Percocets, uh, Percocets, Xanax, or any of that stuff? Uh, yeah, I tried a, a Xanax once at work. at work, and it was I felt fine. <laughs> I did it once. So, I never did it again. Yeah. I literally I, I've like never done anything else beside drinking. I like that was my one thing that I thought worked for me. So I was like, you know what, this works. Let me not fuck with anything else that I don't know what's going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's such crazy thinking too. like, say the rationalizing that I would use this because it's, it works for me. So let Mm -hmm. me not use any other, any other like poison 
this one poison works great. So let me avoid the others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's um it's interesting with with all these drugs and everything that you can do, the 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 times I was most in my zone ever. Yo, one time, Dave, one time, one time we were working together. One time I was I was uh pitching. I felt like I was on drugs. I'm gonna tell you something. I had these meditate these mala beads, right? These meditation beads, and I hold it, I was holding them in my hand, and I'm just so focused on my pitch. I felt the same experience I had, something happened. The guy said no a few times, right? And you know, I was just giving my proper rebuttals. And um, I'm holding my meditation beads and I'm just zoned in, not paying attention to anything else. And I promise, I'm not lying. I, I can't even make this up. I, 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 as I'm standing and pitching, I felt, a lev- I, I levitated a bit, right? For a split second. And then I, I stopped myself and I noticed, I was like, wow. This is what happens when you're in really deep meditations and I'm working and I feel like this. So the fact that I was able to feel like that sober, there's been no better times when I was in the zone and I was just 100% healthy, drinking a bunch of water, eating healthy, just feeling good. That for yeah, me- I've always, pumped. I agree. So that's oh. one thing that eventually I wanted to get to here. Hopefully we didn't wait too long to talk about it. I've yeah. always felt my best when I was just sober completely and working out consistently that was a big part of it for me mm-hmm. and just being productive at work i would get like in the zone switch. pretty much every single day i would be able to flip the switch like in an instant and feel confident you don't and, feel drowsy and tired yeah you're not you. drowsy you're not tired you just work and uh you know it you not not just work but you're productive you're actually useful and you you accomplish things that you never thought you would once you get into that that zone yep. But you could only do it without anything fucking up your head and fucking up your mind, I think. Yeah, yeah. You need only, to be 100% just in in that zone. And you could only get there sleep, when you're thinking clearly. Sleep, being active physically so you feel good. I mean, that's also intertwines mentally. Eating well, you know, having your veggies. You sound like parents, but it's true. All that stuff gives you the, all the energy you need, plus more to just knock out anything you do, anything you need. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's honestly the only thing you need to do. Like when things are tough or if you're feeling bad, you just have to fight it. And guess, guess what happens when you fight something? When you fight like a craving for something or you fight a certain feeling you have, you get stronger. Yeah. That, that strength makes you more confident. And that's how you, you can just continue pushing your momentum and that, you know, that's how you get in the zone when your right. confidence when- just keeps building like like that. When when I saw when I saw you for the first time and after you you a uh, while you were still going to AA. When I looked at you I'm like, man, all I saw was strength because to have to know your kryptonite and say f you. I'm 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 doing it this way, my way, the real way. Like you you know how much strength you know how much strength you have to have inside to fight an urge, a craving, an addiction that's uh- pull I, I've never been through this, but I can only imagine like that, that right there is real strength. And to yeah, get, I always that, say, I appreciate that. And I agree. I always say this to everyone that <clears throat> sales is not that hard. <laughs> Fighting an addiction and overcoming it is if you could do that, you could literally do anything. Sales yeah, is a cakewalk at that point. Right, and right. so once I realized that, that I was able to not, not do that at work anymore, things just became so easy. Like 
sales targets that I had and personal targets for like, you know, success that I had. Uh, it just came that I thought were unobtainable and not reachable in the past just became so easy to hit. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought that not drinking or not doing anything at work, just working with a clear head always was basically living life on easy mode because you got to think, even if someone else like is drinking or doing whatever, smoking, whatever they want, even if they don't have a problem, but they do it occasionally, their mind is not going to be working at full capacity. And most people do that. Most people will occasionally indulge in like a drink or smoke or drugs or whatever. And if your mind is 100% just yours and yours only not like influenced by anything else, it's just going to keep growing so sharp that you're going to have such an advantage over everyone else. So one thing that I wanted to talk about as well uh, before I forget is so I knew a lot of people who uh, abused drugs, abused alcohol, did the, the whole 10 yards. They did more than nine. They did 10 yards. Not 15. Or probably probably a lot more than 15, to be honest. Yeah, they ran I don't want to make yards. a joke out of it because these guys I'm talking about, they actually died. Yeah. Um, one of them was a suicide. And another one was an accident, accidental suicide overdose um people that you worked with or people that i work with people that helped me out like when i first started in the business so one of them that i know that i i knew i wasn't i wasn't close i wasn't close with him but uh he was there he was a top you know one one of the better producers he used to drink all the time he used to do pills i didn't know what those he just used to grab like pills from his pocket throw them in his mouth wash it down with a glass of 151. And, uh, but he was a big producer. He was fearless. I looked up to him, not knowing, because back then I didn't know anything about like drinking or whatever. And, but I looked up to him because I thought, wow, this guy's so confident. He's so aggressive. He makes a lot of money. This is like the typical, this is the ideal person that you want to be with if you're in sales and you're trying to convince people or, or get people to buy from you. So I thought he was great. And I, he wasn't like a role model to me, but uh, I thought this is just, you know, the way that you need to sound if you want to be successful. So anyways, that guy ended up killing himself when he was about 31 years old, left what behind. You, do he, you know the details? Yeah, he hung himself. He oh, was drinking and was on pills and he ended up hanging himself. It's crazy. He um, left behind a do- couple of daughters and a wife who's young, 31, looking back at it, I'm older than, than him back then. It's insane to think about. Um, and then another guy died when he was 27. He was young. You worked with him as well? Worked with him as well. And he died from an overdose. He just got into it when he was young, uh, and uh, in the, in this industry. And he just kept kept it up. He also started making a lot of money. He was doing really well, but he was also doing things that were really, really fucking shady or, or not good. And right. so I guess he maybe he did that just to mask uh, the things that he was doing or how he yeah. felt about what he was doing. But um, he ended up dying, too. And then I know a bunch of other guys that didn't die, but their life just 
fell into shambles. Like it went to shit. And mine did too for a period. I thought I was on that path. You, and I thought there, I thought there was think, no, no escape. I was just going to ask, did you think that, although you weren't on drugs, did you ever think that? Yeah, I thought, I thought like my life was over. Yeah, That's really? what you're getting at. I thought I had no chance to like make things better or, or to recover. I thought it was going to be like all my debt that I, I put myself into, like the, the uh, arrest and all that. I thought there was no way that I could overcome it, but uh, I did. It's just a matter of forcing yourself to do things. I literally went back to the basics, like from when was I first a, started. Was it, was it a wake up call or was it just something? All right, Dave, let me just do this. It wasn't a wake up call because I don't like to say that because I thought my first DWI was a wake up call, but then, you know, obviously it wasn't. So I, I, then I had another one. That's why I say that, but I don't think it was a wake up call. It was more so like, I just told myself, all right, look, I'm just not going to do this no matter what, while I'm, while I'm at work, uh, no matter what the situation is, if I like have to go out to an event, I'm just going to leave if I feel tempted or whatever. And it was really uncomfortable, but, but what it reminded me of was it was exactly like when I first started, like I said, about just feeling like uh, those regular emotions that you feel as a salesperson uh, that you, you get nervous, you get uncomfortable. I was drinking to, to hide it. And so I would just be confident all the time or so I thought, yeah. Um, I, I just literally reminded myself that this is what I did in the beginning. And I became so confident and great in the beginning because I learned to deal with these things head on and had, you know, just straight up without running from it, without hiding, without delaying it. I just dealt with it. And that was the same thing that I had to do when I stopped. So I, I told myself, I already did this before, you know, it's not hard. I just have to do it again. And, uh, that's what helped me, you know, keep going. And uh, then I realized after like three, four months, I'm like, wow, this is so great. Like, I can't believe the last seven, eight years of my life. I just couldn't give it like three, four months to get my head straight because this so is so about, much better. It took, a, it took about three months to get your head straight. Yeah, I would say so. About three, four months. That's, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's quick. When Very quick are, compared to eight years, nine years, 10 years. Especially when you thought at one point your life was over. To turn around in three months mentally, shit, that's... um. I turned around in three months mentally. I didn't turn around three months financially. It took me a few yeah, years. Yeah. Right, right. But turning around you mentally... Back? You ever sit back and tell yourself how proud of yourself you are? Or are you not there? Or do you try not to... Since you're still moving, do you have you not gotten out of that zone and say, "Wow, Dave, I'm I'm fucking proud of you." No, yeah, occasionally, but not not that often. I, you yeah. know, I'm I'm kind of you're still moving. Yeah, I'm looking at new things now to be proud about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that definitely definitely. It's interesting. I've never I've never met anyone that killed themselves from drugs, died from drugs. I just heard stories. A lot of a lot of scary stories. But, yeah, um, it's it's pretty like it's exactly like in you know the movies, if there are any movies like this. But it's true, people fall into that trap and they 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 don't get out. A lot of a lot of them don't get out. 
and their lives just become like shit. Like I said, I know another guy, you know him too, actually, who uh, drank a lot, did drugs. He worked with us uh, to, when you know, we were working together recently. And he ended up, you know, his life just spiraled out of control. He didn't die, but he just couldn't get a grip on things. And he would come to the office just looking all screwed up. And he literally, as soon as he came to the office, would leave to just go get even more fucked up. Yeah, that's scary. Um, that's scary. But uh, I, I wish him the very best. And hopefully his life is uh, uh, better now. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I can't talk for anybody, but if, and I'm not one to talk either, but if we can just, if we can find a way to get into a healthy zone and kick ass, I never even use that term, kick ass. If we get into a healthy zone and kick ass, I mean, there's nothing better. We just got to find and explore and experiment, you know, to get there. And to stay yeah, there. it's about, I think what a lot of this comes down to, especially for me, is putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and just doing that often. And the more often you do that, the more comfortable and confident you're going to be about any type of situation, whether good, bad, indifferent, that comes your way. Right. And for someone that like drinks or does drugs, I think personally, that's, that's one of the biggest things that they feel just the fear of uh, uh, just these thoughts, right? Like that I just said, so about being yep. in un uncomfortable situations. Yep. And so the more and more you put your start small and gradually build up, but don't stop. Just keep doing it. And you'll, yeah, you'll kick ass. You'll be a rock star. <laughs> you'll be a, a sober rock star. Uh, All right, everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. So check out, uh, we actually have, I wrote an article on this. It covers a little more in some resources. If this is a, something that, you know, a, a topic that was near and dear to your heart, check out the blog post that we wrote on it. We'll also link it in the description. And uh, of course, you could check out the courses as well. Bigtimecloser.com. Yep. Bigtimecloser.com. Courses, our blogs. Subscribe to our email list where you get nonstop information about any and everything. And um, everyone listening, thanks again. Stay tuned for our next episode, Big Time Closer Podcast. We love you guys. We'll catch you later. All right. Dave, catch you later.